Thank you for tuning in. As always, I'd like to start with this disclaimer. I don't have all the answers, and you don't have all the answers. But the best way to pursue the truth is through open-minded discourse, and I hope to contribute in part to that today with a quick thought. It is extremely fashionable to encourage voter access in every way imaginable. And while the idea of voter suppression is terrible, perhaps we shouldn't eagerly embrace the concept of flooding the polls with any votes at all cost. In the same way that suppression can be targeted to keep particular people in power, flooding polls can achieve the same effect in a different way. While mass voting seems often like a good idea, encouraging people to get out the vote and setting voting day as a national holiday to encourage more people to come to the polls, in reality, it often disproportionately benefits candidates with a lot of money. As it currently stands, there's already a major subset of voters taking part in the process, which is usually around half the population, uh, that constitutes as low-information voters. These are people who vote based on political ads or signs, basic slogans, or letters by the name of a candidate. The money spent in politics is often to attract these kinds of voters, since people who are already studying the election or issues aren't really going to change their mind based on a TV ad most of the time, but someone who doesn't have that much information might. Many individuals don't have the time or effort to put into researching all issues or candidates, and so flooding the potential voters with airtime on TVs or billboards often sways people to vote for a name or a face they've already seen. So when we expand voting numbers arbitrarily or encourage people to vote for its own sake, most people who aren't currently voting aren't going to be informed individuals, it's just going to attract more people who are just as uninformed as existing low-information voters, if not more so. And in most cases, these are the people even less motivated than current low-information voters. This gives a disproportionately large advantage to campaigns with the resources to plaster their name and face everywhere without necessarily having good policy positions. If our current political system of democratically elected representatives is currently flawed because of the political promises and favors given, how much worse is this going to get if you expand the value of low-information votes? But even on principle, let's consider encouraging people to vote for the sake of voting. We impress upon people the need to vote, but just because we have access to a government-granted right, quote-unquote, it doesn't mean that it's wise to exercise it absolutely. The purported reason we have a republic is so that individuals who can dedicate time and understanding to complex political issues can represent the people who elect them. In this way, the everyman doesn't have to make these crucial decisions themselves. So if we believe in this system, shouldn't we logically understand the same principle applies to electing those individuals? That is, people who aren't as well informed probably shouldn't be the ones making the decisions about who is qualified to make decisions on behalf of everyone. I'm not speaking to this as though everyone who is uninformed is going to disagree with my positions either. The low-information voter spans all kinds of beliefs and has no allegiance one way or the other. But we have to understand that if someone isn't motivated enough to vote on their own, it's very odd to think that they're the kind of person we want helping have a say in choosing representatives who have control over the law. When we laud the merits of democracy, 
we often make the assumption that people are going to make informed, good decisions based on sound reasoning. The problem is that in reality, many people will take shortcuts to what sounds like a good idea, especially when they can't directly see the costs of those decisions. In this way, democratically elected politicians can make easy promises to the masses while it ends up hurting the minority directly, and most of the time the majority indirectly. The inherent contradiction of our democratically controlled system of laws is that on the one hand, we don't trust people to individually make the correct decisions for their lives and societies in which they live and take part themselves, but we do trust them to elect people who will take the power to control society for everyone. This is much worse than allowing individuals to make their own decisions and live their lives as they see fit. Since when we give the masses the power to give all the power to the few, everyone has to abide by the decisions of the few, whether or not it benefits them. If individuals get to live their lives as they see fit, they are able to flourish and learn from their consequences of their mistakes. And you don't have to get hindered by decisions made by your neighbor who may have fallen for a false promise. The entire institution of democracy is an idealistic one, and sometimes in our honoring of our free process, we look at it through rose-colored lenses. While I'm no fan of allowing power to be insulated by the few, and not allowing free people to have a say, we also have to worry about the effect of encouraging blind voting for its own sake. Taking part in the political process isn't an inherently admirable thing. In fact, the political process is pretty despicable to me in a lot of ways, and I'd rather us live in a society where we don't have to worry about insulated power brokers suppressing votes or uninformed masses diluting the vote, but one in which individuals can make decisions for themselves and not dictate how other people run their lives. Otherwise, we end up with the original problem of democracy, that is, the tyranny of the majority overrules the minority every time. Thanks for spending your time on a quick thought. <laughs>